where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello again, everyone. I'm here with James. Hello. And today we're looking at the episode, And God Created Woodman. Which is a pun. You know how I like puns? You love a pun, James. I do love puns. They are my top five favourite things. One day you'll have to tell me that top five. (laughs) I'll give you a hint. Another thing on that list is cheese. (laughs) Are there four food-related things? And then puns. And then puns. No. (laughs) Oh, I forgot facts. Facts. I do love facts as well. Some good facts. This episode aired on the 14th of January, 1988. It was written by Jeffrey Detail and directed by... This was a surprise. Do you know who it's directed by, Barry? Well, I presume not James Burroughs. It wasn't Jimmy B. It was old Ratsy, John Ratzenberger, Cliff himself. Ah, fantastic. He's branching out. Yeah, which explains why he's not in this episode much. Although he does have one of the... There's a really small comedy section in this episode that he is responsible for, which I really liked. Shall we start with the cold open? Yes, the cold open is Carla pretending to go into labour to get out of work and go to the game. The Sixers game, which is sports. (laughs) That's as far as you go. If it's not baseball, you kind of lose me a little when it comes to American sports. We're not as exposed over here. The Americans might be surprised given that they're... Their sports are, when you're in America, they they seem world conquering. They're often called World Series and such. But actually, in the UK, we don't have much exposure to American football, baseball, even ice hockey. We do have some local teams, but don't really have the climate for it. But Rebecca's noticed a correlation that whenever Carlos seems to be going into labour, there's a Sixers game. And Sam's like, hey, hey, no, it could be the real thing this time. And you don't want, you don't want labour. Uh, I'm going to say labour juices. That's not the correct one. You you don't want... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, labour juices is is not a phrase that should be used often. Disgusting phrase. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want Khaled to go into labour here. It will make a mess, Rebecca. And Rebecca's like, okay, fine, fine. But Sam's like, hey, do you have a seat in the maternity ward? And she goes, nah, sorry, Sam. And hops in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, very, very overplayed by Carla. Uh, and it recovers immediately that she's darting out the door. So how does this episode start for real? Clifford has with new shoes and persuades men around the bar to order their own pairs in the mail. Woody is the only astute member here who spots a scam, saying it reminds him of his dear father because uh, he could always spot a scam. Hmm. So Woody isn't drawn in, but most of the other bar patrons are. They they would love a new pair of shoes. I would also like a new pair of shoes, uh, and we'll say for why later in the episode, because yeah, the reasons I'd like new shoes is uh, is relevant. Oh, I look forward to it. That's nice, James. You're putting in a bit of uh, suspense into the episode this week. It's, yep. <laughs> Tune in to discover the reason why James wants new shoes. <laughs> Every little helps, James. But most guys in the bar are buying into it, aren't they? They are. And we shall see what becomes of that with a lovely little comedic episode at the end of end of this one. Yeah. Meanwhile... Rebecca gets a phone call, doesn't she? Yeah. Sorry, I went a bit uh, children's television there. <laughs> oh, Rebecca gets a phone call, doesn't she, James? Yes, she does, Barry. She's going to a fancy occasion. 
she has asked, been asked to host a cocktail party for the chairman of the board, the chief exec officer of Lillian. So Rebecca is keen to do this, but Sam is getting a bit annoyed that Rebecca doesn't think that he and Woody are good enough to host the party. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Sam's owned and bartended at Cheers for years. Surely you'd think he's able to bartend anywhere. You would. He's got uh, clout. Is that the word? Clout? Reputation? Well, he's certainly got experience. and But is that experience transferable to a cocktail party? He's a barman. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm on the side of Sam and Woody that it is indeed transferable skills. He's made martinis at Cheers. It's not just pulling pints. Though he does that often. I agree with you, James. They're both very capable. And actually, that does come through in the show. They're always capable. They're always good at what they do, which is quite a nice touch, really. They've never questioned their ability to run a good bar. Exactly. Very personable, as well as the technical skills of bartending. Well, Rebecca obviously agrees because she concedes in the end, and they're going to take Woody and Sam along to help run. Yeah, it says she agrees. Woody gives quite the spiel to try to convince her, though. Well, all right, then why won't you let us tin bar at your party? Is it because you think we're incompetent? You think we're not smooth enough? You think we're uncouth? No, I need you here. Oh, okay. Let's go, Sam. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Where are you going? Sam, no, look, really, why do you care? Why on earth do you want to work this party? All right, you know, by not hiring us, what you're doing is you're telling the rest of the world that Sam Malone is not fit for the society of decent folks, that he's incompetent, that he's a clod. Well, what about me, Sam? You too, Woody. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you something, lady. We may not have come out of Harvard. We may not belong to a yacht club. And we may not have attended bar at a polo tournament. But we know how to do our job, and we do it with dignity and class. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. The job is yours. I like the celebrations that ensue once Rebecca agrees and Woody rides Sam's back out of the office with them both squealing. <laughs> I'd like to think that by this point, Woody and Ted were just really good friends outside of work and would often go drinking together. Yeah. There's a story about when they did uh, mushrooms on a yacht. Ah, mushrooms on a yacht. Yeah, which Woody tells very openly and Ted Danson's like, no, no, we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Woody. <laughs> There's an experience that I don't think will ever occur in my life. <laughs> mushrooms on a yacht. Now, I have mushrooms in my garden. But I'm not sure they're the exciting variety. Different type of mushrooms. You can make a stroganoff on a dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> I could have that stroganoff in the bath. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Beer in the shower, followed by a stroganoff in the bath. Lovely. What an aquatic dining experience. Yeah. yeah. No one can say I don't spoil myself, James. <laughs> Where to go from bath stroganoff? Uh... <laughs> we go straight to the cocktail party. It is an upmarket affair. They're wearing tuxes, I say, tuxes. Yeah, and it's a very small setup they've got. A tiny little bar that uh, Sam and Woody are, are stuffed behind as Rebecca mooches amongst the uh, hoi polloi. Tis but a shelf. It is. First, Sam spots himself a very upmarket lady to, now it's not very a very subtle term, but to have a go at. I certainly think he sees it as a, a challenge, doesn't he? A conquest. Yeah. And so he sidles over uh, and plays the I'm a rich man in disguise card. 
Oh, that old chestnut. Well, and she even addresses this, that does he think that actually will work? Yeah, I, I don't like to play any sort of... I don't like to pretend to be something which could be easily disproved. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. You don't want to enter any sort of romantic engagement with the knowledge that at some point in the near future, you're going to be called out as an absolute fraud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm an astronaut, are you? No. <laughs> I drink beers in the shower. Do you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't call me smooth for nothing, James. May I buy you a drink and then we can drink it in the shower together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what Sam goes with. He does go with, I'm a rich man. And she... She's interested. She She's interested, but she's much like, well, I know you're lying. So, you know, stop it. She's in the position where she knows she can... The power is in her hands. Yes, the ball's in her court. It's a sports metaphor. The, the uh, beer is in her shower. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, exactly. She knows what's up. <laughs> she has the power there. And so she plays it coy. She teases him a little. And she comes back and forth throughout this episode. Meanwhile, there's a very obviously placed vase or vase in the middle of the shot, in the middle of the set. Yeah. You say vase, James. Uh, I say Vase also. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. But some of our listeners may say vase. Vase. Yeah, it's not a very frequently used word, so I think it's important to point out that's one of the things that... Big, big marble container of nothing in particular. Woody thinks it's for trash, but it isn't. Yeah, so Woody is filling it with trash from the bar. Bar trash. Bar trash. And Rebecca spots him and is quick to rush him into the kitchen to clean it and there's a lovely little joke here a rope dope if you like where woody disappears into the kitchen you hear the crash which you assume is the the vase and woody reappears with the vase saying i just smashed some glasses which is a lovely little trick on the on the viewer expectation and release mm. you know of fundamental aspects of comedy you are expecting something and then what happens is different enough that you're surprised and mirth comes from that pleasant surprise. And it's very well done. Yeah. It then becomes very obvious what's going to happen next. Yes. I find it odd because he went in there to clean it and then he comes back and it's still not clean. <laughs> <laughs> he went in there holding it, somehow managed to smash <laughs> a load of glasses and walks back out <laughs> holding it again. <laughs> what are you doing, Woody? Just kicking glasses. But it, his delivery on those lines... Really subdued. <laughs> yeah. It, it's what makes Woody wonderful. Yeah. Not over the top. Just mm. really excellent pacing. Yeah. So Rebecca says, I'll do this myself. And of course, disappears into the kitchen. The same smash is repeated and she returns empty-handed and looking quite pale. Ash-faced. Yeah. Uh, looking at her hands as though she's she's murdered something. <laughs> so this presents a dilemma. Who takes the fall? Yeah. So Sam very honourably says he'll do it. But before he can, Woody's cornered by Mr. Collier, the head of the corporation, who spots the vase is missing and Woody just owns up to it and says that he smashed it. Sir, I have a confession. My name is Woody Boyd and by accident I broke your vase. You? You broke it? You... Do you know how many years I waited to add that to my collection? 
Do you realize the significance of that piece? No, sir. Oh, and I also broke some glasses. He took the VAP despite it being Rebecca who did it, which Sam was willing to do so because, as we alluded to, he's been a bartender for years. He was a celebrity, so thinks he could get work at a bar anywhere. Perhaps he'd even try to get into coaching. The fact is, Sam thinks that he, if he lost his job, he could find another job easily. Yeah, whereas Woody is just... He's new, isn't he? Innocent to the point of when challenged. Okay, he he does... It's, it's again, this, this admiration that Woody has for Sam, that he does what Sam suggested. Yeah. And just takes it on. The Graper brothers, he owns up to breaking the vase. Collier says, you broke the vase, and he goes, and some glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the twist here is that uh, Mr. Collier admires Woody uh, for this action, which is a, a knife through the soul of Rebecca. Woody gets taken under Mr. Collier's wing. Yes. Uh, they become the best of friends. Almost brotherly. Like an old fraternity Old fraternity pals playing jokes on each other, singing songs. They become thick as thieves almost instantaneously. They do. And they're going off to the pool room, which means that Collier needs another bar staff person. And that is Rebecca. Yes. So she is now demoted to, as Woody calls her shortly, the serving wench. But uh, Rebecca, though, her character is very much trying to prove herself in the, in the business world. She is. And seeing that Woody has got such accolades for owning up, she wants to change the narrative here and own up herself. And Woody beats her to it and gains even more accolades for telling the truth twice. <laughs> Whereas Rebecca is nearly fired and only Woody saves her. Well, yeah, because Re- Rebecca comes in and goes, okay, I've got signs to table. And Woody goes, no. Pinky, I have a confession. I didn't break your vase, Miss Howe did. <laughs> Glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> Collier, he's an angry man. He goes, you let this 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 sweet young man who I want to set up with my granddaughter, you let him take the blame. You are cowardly. Yeah, it all moves very quickly, doesn't it? Getting Woody to set him up with his daughter. That's quite a big leap from... Want to meet my granddaughter and goes, oh, Woody. No, Woody says, oh, no, I don't think so. Then he sees a pigeon and goes, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> The party ends. We do see a little bit more between Sam and this lady. Yes. But it never seems resolved. Well, she keeps ordering Manhattans and Sam keeps pretending to be like a real estate tycoon because he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've got, got some property in Manhattan. I own most of Manhattan. Lies. And eventually he says, yeah, I'm not a millionaire. I'm a former ball player. And she goes over and goes, yeah. But now, now I'm just a bartender. And so that one, then she goes, all right, then when do you uh, finish? And then she just wanders off. It's obvious that the frisson is there and that she's decided that this evening she'll settle for a bit of rough. And, and then this, that storyline kind of comes to an end, which I think is a good thing, really. Uh, yeah, we didn't need to see more of it. We know where it's going. Yeah, it's not really the main story. So we cut to the next morning at the, uh, at the bar. Our opening is Cliff arriving with the shoes that everyone's ordered. Now, what's wrong with these shoes, James? I'll tell you what's wrong with them, and I'll answer the question as to why I want new shoes. <laughs> oh, you've been hanging on for that, haven't you? <laughs> Are the two the same thing? Yeah, the squeaky. <laughs> the squeaky. 
Yeah, uh, my shoe, my shoes are squeaky. So when I walk into the shop, I, I get looks because the, the because they squeak in B flat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just yeah, I want I want I either need new shoes or WD forty, whichever is the more long term solution. But yeah, all these shoes arrive, nice looking shoes, but just but just squeaky shoes they are. Yes, they are. Which is a kind of silly little section of everyone jumping up and down in the bar, walking around squeaking. But the real joke comes moments later, which we'll get to. Uh, it's a very nice setup to have two storylines converge in the same way. I think it's a very clever thing as well when it's almost a, a third joke in a scene that's set up, but we shall come to that. So what happens next, James? Uh, Collier comes back and he's like, someone broke a vase. He doesn't remember a thing. Blackout drunk. Someone broke a vase and I wanted to know who it was. He's a very composed drunk, I have to say. For someone who's lost his memory at the start of the scene the previous night, he was he appeared very sober. Like I've only lost memory of being drunk a couple of times in my life. And having seen, because it's the age we live in, having seen videos of me on that night, I'm like, well, okay, I balance was... was just not a thing to me anymore at that point. Yeah, you could tell that there was an inkling that this might happen from that point onwards. Uh, although I haven't said that I'm the opposite, James. I traditionally used to lose my memory almost every time I went out for a drink. And I'm not a big drinker. I just have a threshold whereby my cheeks get a bit numb and then I don't remember anything. That is a five ciders, I think. It was five ciders. It's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that number has come down. But yeah, he, he's going there asking for a vase. Rebecca's there as ready to tell him, but Woody comes in in skiing gear because he thinks he's going on a ski trip with, with his new friend. And uh, he's very disappointed to find out that Mr. Collier doesn't remember anything. Well, I think disappointed is, is one word for it when he goes up to Collier and gives him a noogie. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I'm pleased that noogie or noogie is an international term. I used that in my childhood. And luckily, I wasn't on the receiving end of many of them. Uh, I do have an older brother who was far taller than me when we were young. So he obviously did uh, cause me some physical pain at certain points. But I got to administer a nuggy or two to other people. So the balance was reset. <laughs> and I can't remember. Does Rebecca try to own up to it again? Oh, it's Sam. Rebecca tries to. She doesn't have the courage to, but she tries to... I think this is the combined joke you were speaking of, mm. where she go, where she's trying to get rid of Connie. She goes, fire, fire. And then we hear this lovely sound. Fire! Fire. Wait, hold it. Now hold it. There is no fire. She didn't say fire. Uh, she said flyer. Yeah, yes, I, I, I thought I saw Amelia Earhart up there. Oh. <laughs> Great. Uh, nice save, Rebecca. What in God's name is going on here? Which was, of course, a stampede of squeaky-shoed gentlemen. Yeah, and that's a lovely a lovely setup to have the, the, the two storylines collide at the end there. And it is very funny to see all these squeaks running first out of the bar and then when it turns out it's a false alarm, to all squeak back in again. <laughs> Slowly and sadly <laughs> squeaking back in. Yeah, it's a really nice touch. Collier, of course, asks what's going on and Sam goes out. Oh, it's... it's squeaky shoe club <laughs> <laughs> sam 
interjects because he can see that Rebecca is not going to own up. So Sam takes the fall for her this time, just like Woody did last time. And again, predictably, Mr. Collier really admires Sam for owning up and Rebecca rolls her eyebrows and cue credits. There's a great line post-credits, after it cuts to black, but before mm. the music comes in, which is Collier asking Sam if he skis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think Collier just wants a buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Fairly nice episode. The Woody, Mr. Collier scenes are a little bit overplayed. They've become really sort of childish with each other. Lots of wedgies and nuggies. and They do, and I think it's exaggerating it on purpose because of how ridiculous mm. it is, because of how quickly they become friends. And it's all, you know, to do with the conflict, it's all about making Rebecca feel worse. Yeah. And it also, it does fit with uh, Woody's character, the sort of childish innocence of just enjoying himself and going with it. It's really nice. Who plays Mr. Collier in this episode? Peter Hansen. He also appeared in Brigadoon, The Lone Ranger, The Ten Commandments, Science Fiction Theater, Perry Mason, Sea Hunt, Lassie, The Man from Uncle, How the West Was Won, Golden Girls, Magnum P.I., L.A. Law, Night Court, and many more. He also made appearances in General Hospital from 1965 to 2004, which is impressive. Jude Musseter as Linda, the Manhattan drinking lady. <laughs> That's what she's been reduced to. She also appeared in Less Than Zero, Night Court, Mr. Belvedere, and others. Tim Cunningham as Tim, Hugh McGuire as Hugh, Peter Schreiner as Pete, Al Rosen as Al. Jorge Cai as Bar Patron. He also appeared in Bows of the Clown, Lethal Weapon 2, The Fabulous Baker Boys, Die Hard 2, The Doors, Mr. Saturday Night, The Bodyguard, the music video for November Rain, LA Law, Falling Down, NCIS, Light Me, The Muppets, House, Paranormal Activity 4, Justified, Horrible Bosses 2, Veep, American Horror Story, The Morning Show, and many more. She was also married to Richard Harris, not the one who played Dumbledore, but a private tutor for air traffic controllers and CEOs. Through this marriage, she is also related to Kate Moss. Philip Pillman is uncredited as Phil. That's our cast there. Those were our players. Squeaky shoes or not? What's that sound, James? Is it a squeaky shoe delivery man? It is. I heard the squeaky shoes... Coming up the driveway. Well, here we are with some delicious trivia. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. How many questions do you have there, Barry? I think I have five questions. Five? Mm. You're spoiling me. I have three. All right. Well, I'll start off with... uh, While discussing... Daniel T. Collier, the gang confuses him for Daniel P. Cooper. But who is the latter? Oh, oh, you've caught me there. I don't know. The Lemon Wafer King. I still don't know. It's it's a guy who made lemon wafers and they were talking about the brilliance of the lemon wafer, but you can't dunk it. It's not a dunkable biscuit. It's not a dunkable cookie. Fall apart. Yeah, that's why it didn't register with me because I've never heard of the lemon wafer. I imagine it's like a Pink Panther biscuit, but lemony. I've never heard of the Pink Panther <laughs> biscuit. <laughs> we could keep this up all day, James. The Pink Panther biscuit is similar to what are the obscure snack? I don't know how to describe biscuits to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to my question. What did Lillian 
used to be called? Drax Chemical Dye and Munitions. Ah, very good. Quite a broad spectrum of goods there. Do you know what their motto was? Yes, which didn't sit well with the punters. We care about people. Yeah, no, if you're called Drax Chemical Dye and Munitions, I think we care about people. It's probably dubious. Isn't it just? You slipped an extra question in there for me. I have one for you. Bit of a trick, but what does Frazier say is the note that his squeaky shoes make? E minor? Is it E minor or is it E flat? My shoes squeak in B flat. Ah, okay. (laughs) So you were making a genuine distinction and not just referencing the show. I thought I'd caught you out. Nah. I got got out the um, guitar tuner and got it next to my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) That's commitment, that is. Is that so you could send a complaint back to the company? These shoes squeak in B-flat. Please make them uh, A major. It's a much nicer key. A major is a lovely chord. I've got a question about shoes. Go for it. This one, five points for you here. Not quadruple, quintuple. Yeah, quintuple pointer for you. Going to name some shoes. Name some shoe types. You tell me who ordered these shoes. It's a game of match the shoe. Now, if you remember the cast list, the guys at the bar, they're they're the ones who got the shoes, right? Uh, Fox and hounds. Who ordered the fox and hounds? Now, this might be easier if I tell you who I do know. So I don't know who ordered the fox and hounds. Who is that? Pete. Good old Pete. Yep. Uh, Shall I go to the next shoe? Mm. Executives. Oh, was that Norm? No, it was Hugh. Hugh. The, the old smoothies. Why, Hugh? Was that your answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next. Old smoothies was Norm. Old smoothies. And I remember Frasier was the starfighter, wasn't it? Or something Frasier, like. was the, Frasier was the starfighter, which means there's one left. Who ordered the Playboys? That was our old saucy gentleman at the bar. I forget his name. Al. Al, of course it was Al. When asked who ordered the Playboys, he said, who else? Yes. <laughs> Saucy devil. Well, I have one more for you. When inviting Woody to go skiing, where is his granddaughter skiing? Mount Vernon or something? He says, the Vale. The Vale. Mm. Final question for me. What nickname does Woody have for Collier? Pinky. Pinky. Yeah. There's a lot of ease in, in that. Pinky, wedgie, nuggy. What are we going to do tonight, Collier? <laughs> the same thing we do every night. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Animaniacs. Well, that's last call. Maybe perhaps a Manhattan? A Manhattan? Unless you can get a large enough Manhattan that fits in a vase. Oh, a, a vase of Manhattan. Um, With a couple sounds, of large straws, that sounds lovely. That sounds delightful. I'm, I'm, I'll enjoy asking John to draw that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to look at house specials, then check out our newsletter and your own chance for us to shout out your name in every episode of our podcast, which is exciting. But until then, this has been When Nobody Knows Your Name, it's Shears Podcast.